Hi, everybody. I'm rocking out to some Olivia Newton-John there. Um, this is Melon Chavarker, nurse practitioner. And um, this song was just coming on and I was kind of laughing because we're going to talk about, oh, there she is. We're going to talk about physical therapy. So uh, let me have my dear friend, Janet, Dr. Janet join. Give me a minute to turn off the music here, the fun music. Let's get physical therapy. Um, let's view this request. And Janet. Let's go. Come on, Janet. Join us. There she is. Yay! Ah, I love the music. Let's That's get physical fine. therapy. Right? <laughs> that is awesome. Um, so I know we're on my Instagram live, but I'm sure followers from your channel are joining. And um, I'm Melon Chavarker, nurse practitioner. I specialize in integrative and functional medicine for women. And um, here with me today is my new friend who I totally love. Janet, Dr. Janet Yu, she is a doctor of physical therapy and specializing in pelvic floor therapy. And I just have to say, I love pelvic floor therapists. I have used a pelvic floor therapist after my second child. Um, I wish it was Janet, because I think Janet is amazing. <laughs> and, um, luckily, that was 14 years ago, and I don't yeah. need physical pelvic floor. Well, I may, who knows, but all of us could probably use pelvic floor therapy. But um, she and I decided to do this Instagram live and hopefully help each other's, um, you know, uh, clients kind of find the right resources. And, um, oh, are you there still? I think I'm there. Hey, Janet, you're frozen on my end. Hopefully it's not me. Hi, everybody. Hopefully we didn't freeze. I'm going to keep going. Janet, join in when you're there. Hopefully it's not my internet. I'm still on. Okay. I, you're frozen on my end, but good. Um, that's not good, though, because I can't tell if you're there. <laughs> Let me see if it's my computer and my internet. We may restart if I can't get, get uh, going here. Let's see. You're good. I'm going on and off and coming on again. Okay. All right. So she's going to go off and come on again. I think I'm still live. And if you are having trouble hearing me or I'm not live or something going on, shout out to me and let me know what's going on. Okay. So we're going to bring her on. Let's see if this works. We may have to restart this. If Oh, there you are. Okay. Hi, it's... I'm back again. I don't know. It booted me off and I was able to see you and hear you. Okay. And... Yeah. So we're still live, everybody. <laughs> if you can't hear us, something's going on, message us. Yeah. Um, we did have a lot of viewers popping on and hopefully they're still there with us. Uh, but we're talking about physical therapy and um, we're talking about conditions uh, that I treat and what we would each do for each of these conditions, uh, specifically pelvic pain. Um, so I think we had a big list. I don't know. Let's see what we can we yeah. can talk about. Even a quick overview of what we do in these different conditions. We were going to talk about fibroids, periods, and, and endo. And endo. Oh, yes. oh my gosh, endo's huge. Yeah. So 
Why don't you talk a little bit? I've been doing a little bit yeah. of coffee. Why don't you talk? <laughs> no. Do, do you want me to start talking about maybe Indo? Yeah. Let's talk about Yeah. Indo. Well, so that's one of the things I do commonly treat. And it's, it seems like it's, of course, as we both know, it's really hard to get that diag first diagnosis. Yeah. And for me, what I often see is typically the person that's coming to see me has only been given birth control as a way to regulate their um, their pain during their cycle. And um, maybe they've had excision surgery, but haven't had PT yet. So yeah, so with endometriosis, what we can do as public floor physical therapists is to go in and help to reduce any pain that's coming from tight muscles of the public floor to guard and protect that area, right? Because there's all there's these lesions that are in and around the uterus, intestines, you know, whatever else, bladder, and the muscles, they do their job by protecting these organs and they fire up. And so what uh, public floor therapists can do is we can work on these muscles to help kind of calm them back down and then that goes into when they are calm then there's better blood flow to the area and that can promote healing right. um, and any so i work on what's visceral mobilization so being able to move the organs a little bit sometimes mm -hmm. when there's lesions on the organs what happens is the organs lose their ability to move mm -hmm. and that can lead to you know various things so helping to restore some of that movement that the organ should have to function you know in that container in our abdomen to just kind of move a little bit because um, when it's stagnant you know those organs are not happy um, so that's one other way public floor physical therapy can help and um, as a result of that if people are having painful intercourse mm -hmm. that is something that we can help with painful intercourse um, when you have endometriosis because a lot of these um, things that I just mentioned, the guarded muscles, the organ protection response can lead to pain during intercourse and just generalized pelvic pain. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's awesome. Like I'm just sitting here thinking about, wow, what can, you know, nobody really thinks of physical therapy for endometriosis, but you just explained all the different ways that we can improve blood flow, movement, yeah. you know, yeah. really get things, um, you know, change, changing mm -hmm. in a different way, because, you know, we always think of things chemically, and we don't think, think of things energetically mm -hmm. or physically. And I think that's kind of that holistic approach. You know, on my end, for endometriosis, I am thinking about things chemically, I'm thinking about inflammation, how do we reduce mm -hmm. inflammation. So I'm giving a lot of herbs to reduce inflammation, because it's not just a pelvic or abdominal um, situation. It's really an inflammatory condition that could be affecting the whole body. Um, I'm also thinking about fertility. How can I improve mm -hmm. fertility for these yeah. folks? Um, they typically have very high estrogen levels, which is contributing mm -hmm. to endometriosis. So, you know, in my head, I'm thinking, okay, what can I do to bring that down a little bit and balance those hormones with the progesterone and the testosterone also at play? Um, so that's kind of in my head how I'm approaching endometriosis yeah. to kind of help with those situations and pain. How can we kind of help with it? Pain, pain comes with inflammation. So if I can reduce inflammation, yeah. I'm reducing pain. Yeah. So we don't want to necessarily put people into menopause, which is what a lot of the hormonal um, 
contraceptions do, uh, not the contraception, the hormonal treatments, the GNRH agonists, antagonists, those have a lot of kind of shut down that system versus peer, you know, birth control is kind of giving you an alternative contraception, it's synthetic contraception, uh, which is a hormone, which is kind of suppressing your own hormones, but that's not really great for fertility as well. Yeah. So trying to kind of come up with natural herbs and supplements yeah. that can kind of ease that balance. So exactly. that's kind of how I'm thinking from a functional perspective. So what a great yeah. double approach we would have, yeah. right, for endometriosis. I, I, um, I love sending my people out who have endometriosis to make sure that their hormones are balanced because yeah. I know that if they're not, then the, it just keeps feeding into that cycle. Exactly. Cycle. That's the key is like, mm -hmm. there's this inflammatory mm -hmm. cycle that we have to kind of shut down. And I can imagine by the work you're doing, you're kind of doing it from your perspective. Mm -hmm. And then I'm doing it from my perspective. So we're really kind of hitting it from all different yeah. angles, which is really the kind of treatment you need for endometriosis, because it's really a tough condition to treat. Mm -hmm. And there isn't a lot of great solutions out there. Laparoscopy is cleaning it out, but then you often see it come back yeah. with after laparoscopic intervention. And, um, you know, those hormones that I was talking about, all those different hormones kind of shut the system down versus really, which is not great because a lot of the endometrial, endometriosis patients are coming to us because they also want to get pregnant, you know? Yeah. So that's kind of, yeah. And endometriosis can be found anywhere. I just wanted to put that yes. out, right? Like yeah. They found this all over the place. Right. Um, um, a PT that I learned from, she had mentioned that in um, some individual, they found it in the brain, in yes. mitral cells, in, right? Yeah. So, yeah. So that why, is not how, even why we don't always know exactly, we still in modern medicine don't have really good idea of why this is happening. I think that when we get to that root cause, why we understand it's an inflammatory condition, we understand, but we, we still don't even know where this is, why this is happening to people. Exactly. So I, I, I think there's some interesting theories out there, but yeah, I think kind of working with what we get and then trying to kind of hit that root cause and try to provide some changes can kind of change the conversation for a lot of people with endometriosis. Yeah. yeah. Hi, everybody. Wow, we've got lots of people joining yes. us. Thank you. Thanks for joining us. Um, in case you've just joined, I'm Melon Chevarker, nurse practitioner. And we have Janet Yu, Dr. Janet Yu, and she's a doctor of physical therapy. So we are here talking about different conditions and sort of our approach and how, you know, this is a more holistic approach when yeah. we kind of combine functional medicine, um, integrative medicine with uh, PT. So um, yeah. Even with my approach, I have to say that I treat with the premise that like organs and central nervous system are the supreme. Right. So we, I work on calming those things down first exactly. and then getting down to the organ. And then after that, it's pelvic muscles right. versus just solely focusing on the pelvic floor. Because no. um, it is really important to make sure that our central nervous system is in a good state to receive treatments and that the organs themselves, whether it is the actual uterus or any other organ around, right, yeah. is in a protective response so that it doesn't want any other treatment on it. Yeah. Totally cool. That's what I love about the way you approach it, which is so different than I think other PTs that I've talked to, like you really understand that sympathetic, parasympathetic, how important yeah. that is 
in doing treatments and that's very integrative you know that's an integrative approach yeah. so yeah so i don't see any questions if you guys have any questions throw them into the comments we can answer those um we kind of covered obviously our treatments are very complex but we did it in five minutes we talked about endometriosis and our approach yeah. um just to give you guys a hint on how uh, we would, you know, approach these things from our perspective and what we do in our practice. Um, I think next, what do you want to talk about next? We're going to talk about <gasps> fibroids. Fibroids. Let's talk about fibroids. Yeah. yeah. Tell me what, where you're, where you're yeah. approaching fibroids. Our approach, it's, it's very similar to endo in the sense of just like really looking at any protective response that the musculature has to the fibroids in the uterus. Um, that we, uh, when there are fibroids in and around the uterus, that the muscles sense that and wants to guard that tissue. So what are things that as a pelvic floor therapist, what can we do to help calm down mm -hmm. the uterus itself? Yeah. And then also then go going back and working on the musculature to help relax the muscles, keep them calm, um, multiple different ways to do that. And then from that point, again, because we're helping when the muscles get calm, there's more blood flow and it just improves the healing in that area. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of people do have like the other things like low back pain, maybe hip pain that's associated right. with the fibroids as well. Right. Um, and some of those I think are actually refer pain patterns from the uterus. So calming that down um, and uh, providing the uterus, it's mo mobility, it's motility, mm -hmm. mo mobility back. It should move a little bit. Um, if there is some issues with the uterus not moving well, that can definitely pull on the back, the tailbone, the SI joint, your pelvic bone, causing various pains in and around the area. Um, so being able to restore that so that that calms down and then going in after the musculature and making sure that that is calm as well. Yeah. Yeah. So much pain people have in fibroids, right? Mm -hmm. And you were talking about all those areas that are because there's ligaments from the mm -hmm. there's you know, tissues that connect the fibroids to all these other structure i mean yeah. the uterus yeah. to all these yeah. other structures and so of course if the uterus is enlarged then those are all getting pulled and pushed and you know kind exactly. of out of place and then all the organ displacement that comes from mm -hmm. having a fibroid a very large fibroid um can really cause a lot of discomfort because of that yeah. displacement and the space it's taking up yeah and um, that's Can where. I... The public floor? Oh yeah, yeah. I, I think that's so, I need one of those too. Yeah. I just went to a talk this weekend, and I was like, "How come I don't have the, the pelvic floor? It's upside down." I gotta buy okay. one. I need to fix the rectum, but essentially, that's what yeah. the organs look like internally, right? The rectum should be back there. I need to like push it back in. But that's your bladder. That's your uterus. All right, uh, fallopian tube, ovaries, rectum. And what's not shown in these hard models is the fact that there's um, this ligament that essentially attaches these three structures front to back and all across. And so if this um, uterus here is enlarged due to a fibroid, it can pull on these ligaments that are attached to your sacrum, your pelvic bone, and that can cause pain. And at the same time, because of all the other organs that are in there, that can cause bowel and bladder dysfunction as well yeah. so that we can work on making sure that the uterus can move in its space um, and just being able to glide between the rectum and the bladder it should move a little bit not a lot a little bit um, so that it 
has that mobility again and then also making sure that the ligaments are in as good of a position as they can be to reduce the pain that is on these structures yeah yeah that's so cool gosh i think if i did it over again i think i'd be a physical therapist i love it <laughs> yeah we do, on, yeah. we do a little bit of midwifery. We do a little bit of midwifery when I train, but yeah, we, yeah, you know, that's why we have you. Um, but I think from fibroids again, from my perspective, very similar to endo, like mm -hmm. you, I'm looking at hormonal balance. Um, you know, I have had a patient who had a what we would call a 20 week fibroid or basically mm -hmm. a fibroid to the belly button. And within three months, it shrunk to her pubic bone. Oh, wow. And that was done just by, we did a detox. Uh, we worked on food and diet and lifestyle. And then I gave her some very good um, GI support um, because the GI system is integral to our hormones. Yeah. And um, there's some recycling of hormones that occurs through the GI system. So we actually gave something called beta-glucuronidase, uh, something to do affect the beta-glucuronidase enzyme, which is in the bowel, which actually recycles yeah. your hormones. And so we figured out that was abnormal for her. And by giving her some deglucurate, we were able to kind of stop that processing and so her fibroid shrunk so that was a really fascinating wonderful case for me because i realized you know typically well what are we doing in conventional medicine for fibroid yeah. surgery we're getting rid of the fibroid we're giving hysterectomies and this woman came to me saying hey you know what i really don't want surgery mm -hmm. i really want to see if i can do this naturally and i said well theoretically we should be able to um let's do it and it worked so um I think that was a really specific case of what was going on. So we hormonally balanced. Um, she was, you know, we, she had an excessive amount of estrogen. So we, we balanced that out and um, that case, she was really happy. So yeah. um, that's why I love sending people who have fibroids and endo to people like you, because that hormonal piece I think is so important yeah. in, you know, kind of feeling better, getting getting it all balanced out yeah. you know making sure that you have tapped out of all the things you can do before having any type yeah. of surgery yeah and that was her her theory like let me go see this integrative functional person mm -hmm. and let's see if we could do something and it did it worked um you know i'm sure uh, i was really shocked honestly because i had never uh done that in functional medicine that was my first case and um you know had been treating fibroids for 20 years by a referral to the OBGYN for surgery. Yeah. So, you know, or we do sometimes give hormones to kind of, again, like endometriosis kind of dampen down the estrogen. Um, but fibroids is also interestingly linked to glucose intolerance. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so addressing glucose intolerance can also help because it's something to do with the way insulin's interfacing with insulin yeah sensitivity and insulin is interfacing with hormones, which it does. Yes. So um, that's kind of how my approach was to the fibroids. And so again, like this would be, you know, a great combination of treatment yes. for people with fibroids. Um, so if you're suffering from fibroids, for sure, you know, reach out to us so that we can help you uh, in a holistic way. Yeah. So and um, I know it's something a little different that, that we're not as, as, um, talking about today. But PCOS, that's got an insulin um, relationship yes. as well, too. So, yeah, I'm not surprised that with fibroids that it's got some yeah. 
relationship to glucose and insulin yeah. and insulin and insulin intolerance because it plays such a big role yeah. in hormones. Yeah. yeah, and look, if we can avoid somebody from having surgery, you know, think about all the things that you probably have to take care of after surgery, yeah. right? With bowel bladder issues mm -hmm. after surgery, um, you know, so if we can do something more naturally, then um, we're avoiding those issues. And I know, you know, like, someone very dear to me, well, I don't know, my mom had a hysterectomy <laughs> after yeah. fibroid, very large fibroid, and I know what that was for her. So I, you know, just feel so glad that I can help other people with fibroids yeah. and maybe approaching it naturally. Because, um, you know, who wants to who wants to get surgery if you yeah. can avoid it? So, and I think it's something that's not talked about a lot is how can we, you know, what other factors, again, it's all down to root cause. What is the root cause of mm -hmm. something? And can mm -hmm. we address that instead of masking the symptoms, yeah. which is what we tend to do in conventional medicine. So I love the, you know, the physical energetic approach to somebody who has fibroids, you know, what can we do to relieve their pain naturally, mm -hmm. you know, by doing PT and doing these maneuvers. And then also, can we kind of just get rid of the fibroid, you know, by, by doing mm -hmm. improving blood flow and then doing some hormonal balancing. So, yeah. yeah. Excellent. And, you know, in regards to surgery, a lot of people don't realize that it might be seemingly like an easy surgery right to just go in there get it out but at the same time anytime you cut into your body especially the peritoneum where it contains all these other organs yeah it might when you have a cut into that peritoneum it can affect all the other organs so yeah and on top of that like there's always something that could possibly happen on the side yeah. a good friend of mine just had a hysterectomy for fibroids and mm -hmm. endo and did the robotic surgery and now she has an umbilical hernia and she's so bummed because she just went through this really intense surgery for fibroids and endometriosis and thought okay i'm gonna feel a lot better yeah. and you know we're she's in menopause so it wasn't you know she was like okay i really don't need you know my uterus i'm not gonna have yeah. any kids i'm you know maybe this is my you know and i do think it was a really good decision on her part she had been suffering for a long time but surgery doesn't come without a cost you know <laughs> and exactly. here she's got this now she's got to go in for another surgery and she's so bummed mm -hmm. and i thought you know unfortunately we think we're going in for something easy and you just never know so i think um you know, wow, we've got so many people joining us. Thank you so much for joining us. And you can always look at the recording if you missed out. We just talked about endometriosis and sort of a functional medicine approach and a physical therapy approach. And we just talked about fibroids and how we both approach that. And then when next, I guess we're going to talk about probably similar stuff, but yeah. I, I like the fact that we're addressing them separately. Yes, somebody said, I had four yeah. surgeries within yeah. a year. They removed fibroids and I got adhesions apart from the endometriosis. Yes. You know, unfortunately, you know, I mean, we always hope, I'm sure there's plenty of surgeries that go really well for people. I mean, I don't want to knock surgery because I think there's obviously there's a role for every treatment for every person, but it's just, you know, you never know what's going to happen. And, you know, you could be that small percentage of person who, uh, in that small percentage of a person who ends up with a complication from surgery. So, and, you know, of course, natural approaches are always, you know, great to combine with all the other approaches out there. 
And I have to say, I've worked many, many years as an orthopedic physical therapist, meaning if someone had knee pain, back pain, shoulder pain, they came see me and also post-surgically. And it's standard of care that someone post-surgical would see a physical therapist. And it's so crazy to me that people have abdominal surgery and they don't see anyone. And usually what I end up seeing years later are adhesions Mm -hmm. um, of the body because scar tissue is scar tissue, right? Once you cut into something, there's going to be a scar there. Um, and so it's crazy to me that that is not technically the standard of care for abdominal surgeries because star- scars and adhesions do form. And there are things that do happen as a secondary to having surgery in your abdomen. Mm-hmm. And um, we just don't, for whatever reason, address it the way we address it in orthopedics. Yeah. yeah. Totally. And I can say that happened to my mom too. My poor mom, she's had, she ended up having fibroids and then had surgery and then she had adhesions right. and had surgery. It was just, you know, and I felt so bad. It's like she thought she was done with one thing and went on to the other thing. And, and it's, it's tough. You know, again, I think she ended up with an ovarian cyst and then had to have another surgery. And again, root yeah. cause, right? We didn't address the root cause of her yeah. fibroids, which exactly. were probably high estrogen levels. Then she ended up having an ovarian cyst, again, high estrogen levels. Exactly. So we really didn't address that root cause, and she ended up with another surgery. So anyway, I love you, Mom. Thanks for letting me take your put your medical history out there. <laughs> She's probably watching. You know, it. <laughs> but, no, thank you, Mom. Like, yeah. But she it, knows it is that amazing, it though, that, that relationship wasn't seen, right, in the sense of like, oh, something happened to your body that was due to high estrogen and something else happened to your body that's due to high estrogen. And yeah, why did- yeah I wasn't doing integrative and functional medicine at the time. Yeah. So, you know, I didn't make those connections. I- I've yeah. been doing this for, uh, you know, I've been doing integrative and functional medicine for about three years mm-hmm. uh, formally, uh, but have been doing integrative medicine since that time because mm-hmm. I saw so many things in women's health, including my mom, my friends, fertility issues for so many people, endo and so many people. So it really has kind of, um, you know, prompted me to find out, hey, what are we doing here? We're not doing, we're not giving women good service when we're not figuring out Mm -hmm. really what's going on. So um, multi-pronged approach is really important. Yeah. So hi, everybody. Thanks for joining. My gosh, we have so many people joining us. I'm so excited. Thank you. Um, this is great topics. I know and it hits a lot of women. So yeah. um, we, we really, um, it's good that we're talking about this. So I think our last topic was painful periods. And um, so Janet, you tell me what, what's your approach for, for painful yeah, periods? I mean, it, it's interesting because realistically, I'm, I, I can help definitely with painful periods, but I, I don't like sit there and be like, come see me and your period pain will go away. Yeah. Ultimately, what I do is I do my assessment and I treat the things that I see that aren't working as well as it should. So usually um, what happens is um, people who do have painful periods, they have all these other symptoms that they're actually seeing me for and their pain during their period gets better. And they're like, oh my gosh, like I've seen you for a couple of visits. I had my cycle. It wasn't painful anymore. Like I didn't have to take the, you know, five Tylenols or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. And so what I usually do is actually assess. um, I do a lot of assessments in and around the uh, uterus Mm -hmm. and the tailbone because of the uterus's attachment to the tailbone. That gives me a little bit Mm -hmm. of insights on what is happening. And depending on where their 
where the, where the person's pain is at, um, right? Because some people have a lot of low back pain during mm -hmm. their period, and a lot of people have um, different people, or even the same people, have abdominal pain and cramping in the front side of their body. That might mm -hmm. cue me into what needs to be addressed maybe first. Um, but looking into all the ligaments that surround the um, uterus and seeing if we can restore balance in those mm -hmm. ligaments. And so that the tension off the uterus is not as high, right? Because as, right, when you're on your cycle, on your period, you know, things change about your uterus and mm -hmm. it starts pulling on these ligaments. And if there's already a lot of tension on them, it's going to cause a lot of either pelvic pain, lower abdominal pain, low back pain. Um, our body's not very good about, right, feeling organ pain, really. There are some that are easier to feel than others. So that's why sometimes with pelvic things, um, the pain is very diffuse, right? Mm -hmm. We don't know exactly what's causing it. And I think that's why we feel a lot of, a lot of women feel lower abdominal pains um, during their period because of this diffuse pain pattern. And it's coming in from these ligaments that are pulling on the mm -hmm. pelvic floor. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and I think about all the women who used to come, who, you know, come to me and they say, oh, I have a retroverted mm -hmm. uterus or have a, you know. I can feel that. Yeah. Yes, no. you can. We can feel it. I mean, yeah. in an exam, I can feel that they have a retroverted uterus. Um, you know, even small things like that. I mean, even though I think we typically in OBGYN will say, oh, that's not a big deal. I know because I have a retroverted uterus. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's TMI, but, you know, yeah. I have back pain on my period, yeah. you know, at my period. We can help specifically. you. Specifically. <laughs> I know, right? Let me help there you. Go. I need to see you. There we go. I thought I didn't need to see yeah. you, but I guess I do, right? <laughs> um, I'm, I'm just hoping my period goes away soon. That's, that's what I'm hoping <laughs> Yeah. Um, to me, exactly. the retrovertedness is that pulling of the ligaments, yeah. right? It's so taut in the back, right? Backside. So I'm not surprised you have. Yeah. low back pain right yeah. during your period is because it's yeah. so taut in the back that it's pulling it retroly right. and by doing um i usually press down on the tailbone yeah. see how the ligaments respond when i slowly let go let it rebound and actually in a lot of women what happens is the tailbone actually wiggles yeah a little bit when i come back up instead of coming up in the nice yeah. smooth up and down it just kind of does this and you're just kind of slowly pressing and waiting for that wiggliness to go away and yeah. I check actually for I can see the retroverted uterus externally because the whole like front side dips yeah. right like yeah. right yeah. bladder uterus it, like yeah. it falls off it the cliff yep. and totally. so um, we check and a lot of times the position is different just different yeah. so yeah yeah that's awesome and like um, oh shoot I forgot what I was gonna ask you Oh, anyway, that that's cool. Like I was just thinking, you know, just the painful period thing. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there's so many little things like the deferment. Oh, I remember what I was going to tell you. You were telling me when we talked. Oh, you know, so many people get told to do Kegels. Oh yeah, and we really, you know, I love that. You know, I I thought about that this week, and I was like, Janet was telling me I had a pelvic pain. Um, I went to a conference and I was listening to the speaker talk about pelvic pain and I was just, it hit me when, cause you had said that to me and I've heard that before, but mm -hmm. when you said it to me, it really hit me like, Oh, 
we really, we do need to relax, right? That's what you yeah. were saying, more than we need to tighten. And we keep telling people to tighten and that's causing more yeah. problems, right? Definitely. Um, not everybody needs to squeeze their pelvic floor, right? And um, I, I, I do see a lot of people who are fit, right? Who have a background in running or they have done CrossFit or some type of strength exercise. And I usually tell those people, like, there's no way you're doing all this strengthening and only your pelvic floor muscles are weak right? There's something else going on there. Um, this might be a side note. Interestingly, I was at a workshop this weekend and was taught to do uh, buco pharyngeal um, fascia mobility. Okay. And okay. that has been amazing. Um, I, done, I, I had this done to myself and pelvic floor is completely like relaxed. Wow. So I do wonder how much, um, and of course, a lot of people I do see have high uh, central nervous system tension and that's yeah. one of the ways to help with central nervous system tension but it just does it from the bottom side of the skull versus the top yeah. side of the skull yeah right. wow yeah yeah and so and it's, it's like not just muscles right it's like nerves and ligaments and fascial containers and spaces that we have to be considerate of mm -hmm. right that's so cool. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, from my perspective, when people are coming for pelvic pain, I think definitely for pelvic pain, they're getting a referral to PT because we're trying to figure out, mm -hmm. is it really, is it really the reproductive, you know, from my perspective, I'm looking from painful periods. Is it the re, is it uh, deferred pain? Is there deferred pain, painful periods, what's going on hormonally? Um, and then, um, pelvic pain in general, like if somebody's coming in for pain with sex, that's really mm -hmm. like stuff that I would refer to you. But I'm also looking at the GI system. Mm -hmm. Because from my perspective, painful periods is inflammation, pelvic pain is inflammation. Mm -hmm. Is there any microbiome issues? And I think there's a lot of people who would, you know, don't talk about I asked the conference speaker this weekend I was like you know there's a lot of data coming out on vaginal microbiome yeah microbiome gut yeah. microbiome all that areas they're all there yeah they're all in one place so the microbiome is going from one place to the other you yeah. know we've got bladder people bladder pain folks you know mm -hmm. if there's any kind of uh painful periods I'm wondering what else is going on in that system what's yeah. going on with the microbiome are we seeing some infl underlying inflammation that we can improve and is there systemic inflammation is that a clue into something happening systemically yeah. um you know not just the physical part the muscle the vascia all that stuff that you're looking at but is there something else that I need to look at um from my perspective integrative functional medicine and I think the gut is really tied yeah. with and that was the other thing I was going to say when you have painful periods and it's retroverted uterus it there's also an effect on your bowel function yes. so you know is there something going on with the with IBS uh, in irritable bowel syndrome push yeah it's back onto the rectum yeah. right if it's pointing back it's gonna push on this guy so yeah yeah just wanted to so, point, give the visual there it's, for it's, the people it's awesome I love that I gotta get my own yes. pelvis I've got a little uterus I've got a little uterus around here but I don't have a pelvis yeah. I gotta get a, a pelvic they're, they're great for models totally yeah. totally and i think it's important for people to see what's happening yeah. they don't really understand 
what's happening in their body until they visualize it. And for women, it's really tough to explain to their partners yeah. what's going on, especially if you have a, well, if you have a male partner, if you're in a heterosexual relationship, your male partner really doesn't understand women's bodies. So yeah. when you have fibroids or endo or painful periods, they're not understanding why you have all these symptoms and what's happening yeah. down in that pelvic floor. And, you know, another thing I wanted to talk about before we um, head out was you and I were chatting about how so much uh, trauma is held in the pelvis and the, and the abdomen region for women. And we really hold trauma in those areas. Mm -hmm. And that is like, you know, in my head, a root cause for a lot mm -hmm. of these symptoms and issues is, are we, are we having some trauma that we're holding on to in our body? Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, there's a lot of books out there now about how trauma is impacting, um, yeah. you know, our, our bodies. And specifically for women's health, I think we need to look at the exactly. pelvis um, as and, that. And I have to, we have to clarify trauma because we always think of like trauma as like some very physical trauma related to sex or something like that that's happened to you. However, it can be right. growing up how your parents, your family viewed puberty and sexuality. Yeah. It can be related to maybe some embarrassing bowel and bladder thing at school, right? When you were little, it doesn't have to be this very, um, you know. No, like it could even real... be something minor. Yeah, it could be yeah. something minor. Yeah. Something that's traumatic to us in childhood yeah. can have a huge, I mean, you could, you know, I was talking to a therapist about this. Mm -hmm. um, two weeks ago. And she was saying, you know, it's hard because sometimes people come from really good family backgrounds. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they've had what they would be labeled as having had the perfect childhood. Mm -hmm. And then I'm digging, you know, they're digging deep. And that's when they realized there was this traumatic event that happened, or, yeah. you know, whether they were bullied or whatever, you know, yes. and that is impacting their health. Yes. So I think, you know, when we look at the pelvis, and we look at these conditions, I'm always like on the lookout for you know, what's really happened in the past? And is mm -hmm. this, are we um, the potential, potential for why there's, there's, um, you know, affliction and disorders there, dysfunction. So, um, yeah. yeah, so yeah. Um, yeah, we got a lot of anybody have any questions out there? I see so many of you have joined and I'm so happy you joined us. And if you have questions or would like more, maybe we do this again. I didn't think yeah. we'd get so many people. Sometimes I go to IG Live and I get two people and sometimes yeah. I get a hundred. It's like, you never know, right? So. so if anything, going back to you, you were mentioning Kegeling and how that might, uh, like why too much pelvic floor strength can cause some of these symptoms. Mm -hmm. I wish I did have a split of the pelvic floor where kind of splits open but you can kind of see it where these are the muscles and the organs are on top and so if you imagine these muscles are very very tight it does this right mm -hmm. it cinches everything down so essentially what's happening is it's displacing these downward towards the opening and that's why people can have bladder bowel um different um incontinences and prolapses because your pelvic floor is too tight yeah. right is because the musculature is below when it tightens it does this right mm -hmm. everything's shortened but that's pulling things downward with it right yeah. because of the organs attachments to the pelvic floor so mm -hmm. that's why you know i think that we do have um, these disorders with a tight pelvic floor 
right? Yeah. Something that's already kind of very stiff and rigid, it's pulling things down with it because it's so tight. Yeah. yeah. Somebody questioned whether we address diet, and I know you do too. We both, uh, you know, talk about nutrition. Um, mm -hmm. I actually send people to a dietitian as well as part mm -hmm. of my program. But, you know, obviously, if we're looking at reducing inflammation, we really do look to the diet yes. and food is right. So we want to encourage all our clients to be eating healthy. And you right. know, what eating healthy is for you is different for somebody yes. else. So and you need an individualized approach exactly. with that is exactly. I, I, I do. Uh, I don't recommend diets, but I do suggest to people, especially if mm -hmm. they are, let's say, higher estrogen or something like that, like, hey, let's get more leafy green vegetables in your diet, because that has been known to help absorb extra estrogen and pull it out of your body right or having berries or having more let's kind of see what happens if we um you know have you have more omega-3 fatty acids right whether that's with fish chia seeds whatever and less red meat right yeah. because yeah. really looking at it because i'm really trying to think about why it, we see such a prevalence of these various diagnoses now is it because it was so under diagnosed before or is it because the diet has changed so much recently right and yeah. how is how are our numbers in the united states different than a different countries yeah. that their diet looks a lot different it and really so, is because of processed foods i mean oh, yeah. we have Production of oh, you and I were yeah. talking about that the other day and got women went into the workforce and got busy and weren't cooking mm -hmm. as much and needed fast mm -hmm. fast and TV know, dinners food. yeah and so we are eating processed foods and you know that is um, and then we have this whole thing about uh, fat is bad which not all it fat not. was bad no. actually we good healthy fats were good for us I think that um, was a turning was point right yeah. and um, that's where diabetes went. yeah yep that was where right when went. we yeah. traded like eggs and like let's mm -hmm. say hams for breakfast yep. for cereal yep yeah yep exactly yeah. So, so definitely diet is you can't do what we're doing without addressing food mm -hmm. as medicine and yep. i think um you know definitely a chemical physical energetic approach but um that is all in food Food is all about energy yeah. and how are we going to sustain our bodies and how are we going to heal them? So blueberries, berries, great yeah. antioxidants, leafy green vegetables, you know, great sources of all kinds of vitamins and yes. minerals, you know, um, Culture your foods too. Having some of that during your day can help with the vaginal microbiome that you mentioned. Exactly. Right. Yeah. right. And then on top of that, like your cruciferous vegetables, which are great yeah. for balancing estrogens and hormones. So yeah, I mean, definitely. And I think all of us definitely love and, you know, we may end up doing like a multi-panel zoom maybe at some point because the dietitian I work with um, is wonderful at addressing all of that. Um, she's here in San Jose as well. And, oh, and then, um, you know, we, we have lots of colleagues who we rely on. I, I think if you have these conditions of, of, you know, I'm not the only person you should see. Janet mm -hmm. isn't the only person you should yeah, see. You exactly. should have a team of people to help you so that you get the best of everything. Exactly. And that's what we do. We refer to each other, refer to others who can join us. So I refer to the dietitian. I refer mm -hmm. to, you know, I have other folks I refer to Reiki healer, I have craniosacral, you know, there's so many people that I utilize uh, in the practice to help people. 
acupuncturist. Acupuncture. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So, yay, we got 40 minutes of good information out there. Um, I'm glad you all joined us. And um, so I'm located in Campbell, Lotus Integrative Health and Nursing. Um, of course, you're already on our Instagram, so you can see where we're at and reach out to um, me if you're looking at uh, for an integrative and functional medicine approach. And then Janet can give her information. Yeah, I'm in North San Jose. I'm right um, between the McKeon Barrios exits off 680. So I specialize in pelvic floor health. So if you do have any questions about endometriosis, fibroids, or painful periods and how pelvic floor PT can help you, definitely reach out to me. Yay. Thanks, Jenna. I'm so glad we got this together so quickly. Right? We got to do yeah. it again. Yeah. And um, yeah, reach out to us if you have any questions. You've got our uh, Instagram handles there. You can make any comments if you have any suggestions on future Instagram lives. I was doing Instagram live, you know, kind of on Wednesdays, but I wasn't getting this much this much play. I don't know. Maybe we need to change to Monday. Lunchtime. Uh, on, Monday on lunchtime. lunchtime. <laughs> it looks like everybody's hopped on. So um, yeah, if you're interested in any other topics, then um, we are happy to provide that for you. We did a quick synopsis of three conditions, but we, of course, treat many, many things. So um, we can do another one if you're interested. All right. Thanks, All right, everybody. Thank so thanks much. for joining. Bye. Thanks. Thanks. Bye. See you later. Bye.